My name is Chloe Jonas, and welcome to this week's episode of Bite Size Cybercrime, the podcast that has many schedule changes. I wasn't going to make this episode originally because it's my first week at work. However, I had some extra time on my hands as my sister, who I live with, has COVID and I can't go into the office if I was exposed. Thank you, Paige. So, I'm home and recording a podcast episode about malware. Usually, malware is most present on Windows systems, and this makes a lot of sense if you think about it, because Windows has the largest market share for desktops, by far. Yes, Linux is used for web servers or Internet of Things, but you can't deny that Windows does and probably will continue to dominate the PC world. This isn't about Windows. I'm giving Microsoft a break. Well, sort of, before I was exposed to COVID, I was actually implementing workarounds I talked about in last week's episode for the Felina vulnerability in Windows. But on this podcast, I'll acknowledge the issues in other operating systems. Oftentimes, Linux users will say you don't need an antivirus, and for the most part, that is correct as long as you are intelligent. But it is becoming less and less true over the years. Not as much malware is made for Linux, but cybersecurity advancements are making both home users and enterprise users of Linux become more likely to be targeted by malware. And here is one pretty bad piece of malware that gives a hacker a door into your Linux system, be it your everyday PC or your server, and it's nearly impossible to detect. Symbiote. Just to clarify, Symbiote was not named after the aliens from Spider-Man, it was named after Symbiosis, a relationship where two or more species live closely together. And in particular, I believe this was named after parasitism, and we will see why. Symbiote is a clever malware that infects all the running processes that, well, are running on a Linux system, and it's able to disguise itself pretty well. The virus uses something called BPF, or Berkeley Packet Filter, to sniff data packets. In other words, it observes the data you're sending and receiving. It also is able to use BPF to hide its own communication channels that communicate back to the server that controls it. BPF is used legitimately many times to allow the analysis of network traffic, which can be used for things like troubleshooting, but here it's not exactly beneficial. I'll elaborate on this soon, trust me, but first we need to get out of the way how this actually works. Symbiote is a shared object library, which is a library that is linked to a program and runs whenever it starts, and Symbiote gets loaded into running processes and gives itself priority over other shared objects, which means it is the first thing to load. And it can use this to hide any processes that it creates that may have strange names, as well as any files that it deploys. So it can show you whatever it wants you to see, rather than what's actually happening on your device. Let's say you're a network admin, suspecting there's malware on your Linux server, and you try to set up a packet capture. A packet capture can be used to catch network traffic at certain points in the network in order to be analyzed. Well, Symbiote can load itself into the inspection software and filter out anything that points to its existence, removing its name and any domains it connects to from any kind of records that you can look up. This is why it is nearly impossible to spot. It scrubs away any sign of its existence, and that is pretty scary. So now that we know how it stays hidden on your device, what exactly does it do? Well, it steals credentials, of course. It hooks to a function called libc-read, and from there it can read passwords. If you log into a service like SSH, or Secure Shell, a protocol that allows you to securely connect to a command prompt on a different computer over an unsecure network, it will be able to capture the password you entered. Now, let's say you're that network admin again, maintaining your Linux server. You probably have an admin account to maintain it remotely. Maybe from your desk, you log into the server via SSH. Well, 
That password can be snatched and used to access your server from someone who probably does not want to maintain it. Rather see what data they're able to access and steal. As with SSH, you can do quite a lot of exploring files. But you can do a lot more than just explore files with SSH. This is essentially a backdoor into the system. With this backdoor, you can make changes to the device, such as injecting more malware like spyware to capture keystrokes, which can also capture different passwords for different websites. And if you're a large corporation, you can browse the files from any users on the network, as well as make changes to their accounts. A backdoor allows you free reign to do basically whatever you want to a system. This malware has been seen in the wild in financial corporations, mostly in South America, but since it's so hard to spot, we're not quite sure how far it reaches or how much data has been stolen using the malware. Symbiote appears to be impersonating major Brazilian banks and targeting customers of those banks. Even if you're not Brazilian, be wary of any email your bank sends and don't click on any links ever. Simply go to your bank's website to confirm details in the email or give them a call. Linux users, you still may be able to detect Symbiote despite how evasive it is. Network telemetry, network monitoring technology that collects data in essentially real time, can be used to spot the infection before the malware is able to hide itself according to BlackBerry, a cybersecurity firm that first discovered Symbiote. BlackBerry's blog contains a list of all the ports, domains, processes, and files the malware tries to hide from you as a reference for what to look out for if you do this. It is estimated that Symbiote has existed since around November of 2021, but its reach is difficult to track due to its evasiveness, as I've mentioned before. Thank you, of course, to BlackBerry, as well as Bleeping Computer, Hacker News, Silicon Angle, and ZDNet for information on this newly discovered Linux malware. And I would like to extend my thanks to you for tuning into this week's episode of Bite Size Cybercrime. My name is Chloe Tonus, and until next time, stay secure.